Hey, coaches, uh, some of the big news that, that we had promised you guys, we couldn't wait any longer. We wanted to wait a few more weeks, but uh, couldn't. I had an itchy uh, trigger finger on Twitter. Uh, but coming uh, late June, the last week in June, we are bringing to you our first annual RTP Hot Summit uh, for offensive line coaches. So it's going to be all offensive line and tight end coaches. They're coming on. We're going to have 18 to 21 uh, offensive line slash tight end coaches giving you guys presentations, and they're going to all be absolutely free if you view them live. It's going to be set up just like our old summit, uh, our first summit. If you signed up for the first summit, you're automatically signed up for the second one. Uh, you guys will enjoy it. We had unbelievable feedback, and we wanted to be able to have one of these just for offensive line coaches. So we are super, super excited. We've got guys all across the country from college coaches like at Oklahoma State, all the way to some of the best high school coaches in America. Uh, so we're really excited to bring this to you guys and uh, excited we can do it for free. And we had such great uh, an outpour of support from the last one. We're glad we get to do this one with offensive line coaches. So uh, you guys make sure and stay tuned and, and uh, be looking for that to come out late June. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Right now, Team Builder is offering a free 10-week spread offense tempo training program when you start a 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. That's team, B-U-I-L-D-R, Com. Make sure you guys put in the code RTP. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Just Play. Whether you're a coach looking for a personal playbook tool or you're on a staff at a program looking to improve your team's preparation, Just Play has a solution for you. They have recently released a new product called My Just Play. My Just Play is a personal playbook tool for coaches at all levels, from Pop Warner, Pee Wee, all the way to the NFL. Create and organize your playbook with terminology, diagrams, video, and assignments, all starting at just $10 a month. Learn more at myjustplay.com. Again, that's myjustplay.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Kevin Swift. Coach Swift is the head coach at Gold Beach High School in Gold Beach, Oregon. Listen as we talk with Coach Swift about his coaching career in California, how he moved from large school football in Southern California to small school Oregon, and his philosophy on how to build a program from the ground up through athletic skill and scheme development. You can follow Coach Swift on Twitter at KDogSwift. Hope you guys enjoy. I came out of Southern California and and I wanted to, I really wanted to play football and baseball in college. And, and one of the few places that was willing to do that was Northern Iowa when they were still fielding the baseball team. And my dad had played with Coach Sheriff back in the, the fold up your helmet days and put it in your back pocket. And so uh, they gave me a full ride. And it was right after they had built the Uni Dome. And, and I went. And, and I, I got to tell you, the nicest, most genuine, greatest people in the world i don't know how you do it I, you know, I, I i and it always amazed me it's too it's too cold to get to school but the bars and liquor stores open so i mean it was it was it was a really good 
for a kid that grew up on the beach his whole life, it was a great experience for me to go back there for a couple of years and play ball. It, it, I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of good people. Um, tore the crap out of my knee and uh, bounced back and finished up in Southern California. Hmm. Uh, but I had, a, I had a great experience, really good experience. Well, so, knee, recon- knee reconstructions come a long ways uh, uh, from then. Uh, I, I think that's correct. Uh, it's now it's, um, you know, with Adrian Peterson coming back from it in six, seven months, that was um, almost unheard of. I had a, a college coach that, uh, you know, I know he, he tours ACL and, and he just didn't have one from then on out. No, well, I mean, that's, I talked to my dad who played in the, in the 50s, and he goes, they used to call it a trick knee. You know, you, they just they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. You could stabilize it. You could build it. But it was just one of those trick knees. So, you know, I, I, uh, I tore it up pretty good, blew the ACL out. And, you know, I, and, and my dad said, no, you're coming home to have Curlin do it. And, and that's who was doing all the Rams and, and that back then and came back. And I had seven knee operations about 30 years ago. They finally said, we're just going to replace it because I wanted to stay active. And mm. so I'm on a, on a, you know, replaced knee. And, and it, I mean, my dad was 84 when he finally got hit both of his. And I said, I'm, I'm way ahead of you. So, uh, my dad's but, got both his too. So I'm, I'm just hoping and praying. What, uh, what position did you play, Coach, and, and what years were you at UNI? I, uh, I graduated from Servite in 78, so I was at uh, University of Northern Iowa, 79, 80, 80, 81. I played with uh, Terry Allen. Uh, yeah. And uh, I can't remember the, the young man's name. Ellis was the real good back. And then Stephen Wright, who had a great career with the Raiders, uh, was on that team. And uh, I was the only kid from California that ever recruited, and I was probably the last kid they were ever going to recruit from <laughs> California. I was a I was a little bit of a hellraiser. I, I was I, I'm not sure the Midwest was ready for me, and I'm not sure that the Midwest has ever been the same since. Um, but uh, I, I had a great you know Coach Sheriff was a good man. Him and my dad, you know, Coach Sheriff was an All American at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and. My dad played uh, football at Pepperdine when Pepperdine was still playing football, and uh, they, you know, like like everybody on the on the in Southern California back then, because it, it, I know it's hard to believe, but in the '40s it was rural. They all kind of knew each other, and as I was exploring possibilities and places to go, Coach Sheriff kind of jumped in and said, "Hey, we'd like a shot at him," and and I went back and was impressed with. You know, obviously, you go back in the spring and summer, you don't realize what's coming. That's right. That's January. a trick. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the first day it's snowing. I'm looking out the window. I go, cool. This is, this is going to be cool. And my roommate put his arm around me. He says, it won't be gone until May. <laughs> and I went, oh, this, <laughs> cool. is not, this is not good. This is not, you know, and then. You know, I grew up with earthquakes, which come unexpectedly. And, and back there, they let you know that death and destruction is coming. Cause, oh, tornado <laughs> warnings. And I, I, I kind of determined I like the surprise method better than, you know, the 45 minutes of anticipation that you're going to get rocked. Um, but uh, I had a great time. I, I mean, you know, and I, in fact, uh, a, a young lady that I, became really good friends with uh we we still stay in touch she uh 
she lives in Cedar Rapids. I believe she went to Kennedy in Cedar Rapids. Um, and uh, we, we just were talking last week. She, you know, her husband just died and we, we just, it's just a relationship that's lasted, you know, 30, 35 years of, of good friendship and, and that. So no, I, I, I had a great experience. It, you know, you kind of learn right away though. You know, you tear your knee up, you're going to rehab. Um, I, I, I was a good college football player, um, but I kind of saw the handwriting on the wall and I kind of knew the direction. And while I had a great time in Iowa, um, I, I realized I, I needed salt in my water. I needed to get, I need, you know, I grew up surfing uh, <laughs> my whole life. And uh, unless there was a really big earthquake that was going to come, there was not going to be much surf in Iowa. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I came back and, and uh, kind of explored my options, ended up at a, at a NCAA Division three school, University of Redlands, played for a legendary guy named Frank Serejo and uh, had a good career and, and uh, you know, got into um, to coaching and education because that's kind of in my DNA, I guess. Uh, so, but that's, yeah, that's kind of it. So did you start, so you, did you start teaching coaching in California? Yeah, here, I'll give you a quick rundown quick in the beginning. So, um, I grew up in a place called Dana point. Um, it was called Capistrano beach back then. It was basically cattle ranchers and Basque, uh, citrus growers and the, the freeway stopped just South of Anaheim. And you took El Camino Real all the way down to Camp Pendleton. And, and Dana Point, San Clemente, sit on the north gate of Camp Pendleton. Um, I asked my dad when I was like seven or eight if I could have a motorcycle, and he kind of laughed at me. He goes, you'll kill yourself. How about a surfboard instead? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I started surfing at, at eight and uh, – and, and, you know, fell in love with surfing, and, and my dad was coaching. And I kind of knew, you know, eight, nine, ten years old that I, I, I you know, I, was, I wanted to be a coach. That's I loved awesome. what my dad did. I loved that the players saw him as a father figure. I saw the difference he made in kids' lives. You know, he was coaching when, when, during the Vietnam War, so we had kids that lost dads, and I saw how he – wrapped his arms around and took care of them and 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 i it, it's just you know it, it's it was in my dna um you know they desperately tried to talk me into being a dentist or something else and so you know went to junior high our junior high was right on the beach and uh it was split session you know orange county was starting to boom back then and they couldn't build a junior high fast enough so I got to go to school from 7.30 to 12 every day. Then we'd have football practice from like 12.30 to 2.30. And then I was on the beach surfing, uh, doing what little surfers do, you know, you know, surfing, starting trash can fires, uh, <laughs> you know, doing that. And Dad came home one day and said, you know, what about going to a Catholic all-boys school rather than Dana Hills and I went, why? He goes, because you're gonna end up you're gonna end up in juvenile hall if you stay on the path that you're going. And I'm like, well, okay. So 
Back then, you could drive from Dana Point to Servite, which is a Trinity League school. Uh, you, could, you could get up there in 45 minutes. So I drove 42 miles to school every day and played with, uh, played with some just, you know, in fact, I lost my quarterback about two weeks ago. Turk Schoenert was our quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, the, it was the Angeles League back then. It was Amont, Pius X. St. Paul. It was a it was a brutal league back then. It doesn't get the publicity that it it does now because you know TV and all that stuff wasn't you know it was back in the Stone Age of football. Um, took a scholarship to uh, Northern Iowa. Played two years of ball there. Tore my knee up. Bounced back to Redlands. Played ball there. Um, graduated and then got hired. Uh, at Claremont McKenna College by a guy named John Zenda, um, who won a national championship on Coach Robinson's staff at USC, kind of took yeah. me under my wing. And, and, the, and you know, it's, it's, I think it's important to understand, you know, everyone looks at Southern California as just this sea of people on top of each other, and, and it is. That's why I got out. But when I grew up, it was really rural. People knew each other. Everybody in the football business from San Luis Obispo to San Diego. You know, my dad grew up in L.A. County during the golden age of L.A. County's athletic prowess. And I kind of grew up in Orange County during its golden age. And, you know, now the, now the, the power in the region down there is the Inland Empire, Riverside in San Bernardino County, and it, and it kind of goes where people can't afford homes and move and jobs. But uh, So I got, I got started coaching uh, Division three football. I was at Claremont McKenna for two years with John Zenda and, and had a, a, a just a one, you know, a one, you know, like every kid right out of college, I, I friggin' knew everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget uh, Coach Zenda pulled me aside and sat me down and I'm like, Oh God, I've been here a week and I'm going to get fired already. And uh, <laughs> He kind of said, he said, he said, you know, you're a really good coach. He says, I like the way you relate to kids. I like the way you work with kids. He says, but you're too stubborn and you're too young to be this stubborn. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you, and I go, what do you mean? He goes, here's your job, Kevin. He goes, your job is to learn everything you can from every coach that you come in contact with and work with until you become a head coach. And then when you can become a head coach, you go through those files and you keep those things that you like that you learned from other coaches and you get rid of those things that you didn't like from coaches you work with. And you're never going to work with somebody who's perfect. You're never going to work with somebody who does everything he says, but learning what not to do, is just as important as learning what to do. And it was probably one of the most powerful conversations a coach had with me. And, and so I had a great experience two years working with him. Uh, he took me to my first uh, AFC, AFCA convention in New Orleans and had, had a, 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 a crazy, wonderful time. Uh, <laughs> hung out with Terry Donahue down in, on Bourbon Street. and, and um, Learned a lot of football, and then after my second year, my alma mater called and said, you know, are you willing, you want to come be a D.C. at a D3 school? And I was like, well, heck yeah, why not? And uh, 
went off to Redlands and assumed the defensive coordinator job and was there for two years um, and had really good success defensively, one of the top five in the nation for two years, but also came to realize that in the early 80s, assistant coaches at Division three schools uh, didn't make any money. Um, none at all. Um, Fairly important. So um, about that time, uh, Coach Miller was stepping down or being fired. I really never know what happened. And a friend of mine, Mike Maynard, who's got Illinois roots, his dad was a big-time coach in Illinois, um, he took over the job. He was the D.C. at Claremont when I was working there, and he took over the Redlands job. And like two days before Christmas, called me into the office. We're talking. He goes, you know the routine, Kevin. He goes, out with the old and with the new. He goes, you're a great coach. I'd love to keep you, but, you know, no one from the old staff is staying and the old new staff's coming. And, you know, that, that's a bitter pill to swallow. I mean, and, and it was yeah. – it, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, Mike and I are still to this day good friends. He does a great job at University of Orleans. He's still there. You know, Division three ball in, in California is never going to be – what it can be on a national scale because of the junior college situation down there. I tell the guys at Linfield, I go, you're only good because California has great junior college ball. Cause I, I, I remember, I remember recruiting kids at Claremont and Redlands going, Hey, we're good school, good football. And they go, coach, it's, it's 38,000 a year to go there. And they go to Saddleback community college is 200 bucks. Yeah. So they get it's like, basically an extension I'm, I'm of the high school system, right? I'm looking at the kid's GPA and I'm like, God, he's three nine. He's gonna choose. He's gonna choose the JC. He's gonna, and and I can't blame him. And and you know, I I got a you know, Coach McRoy at Saddleback College and and Coach Crapo the DC at at Saddleback College. We all grew up and played ball together. And you know, I get it. I mean, the the best job in football in America is a head job or a DC at a California junior college because you get tenure and they're going to make 200000 a year and no one cares if you win or lose. You get to help kids move on to the next level. Um, you know, they have different rules than, than the rest of the community colleges in the country play by. Um, but it, it's a great system. But that definitely um, is a handicap for Division three schools trying to, to compete on a, on a you know, national level. Um, Linfield does a great job up here in the Northwest. Um, but so, you know, got let go at Redlands and, and kind of said, okay, you know, what, what, and about the time I was getting let go from Redlands, I was beginning to become interested in, in my wife, much more those so than she was becoming interested in me. Um, <laughs> so um, I kind of bounced around. Uh, Orange, I kind of, I kind of had a really good gig. I would, um, I would, uh, I was a defensive mercenary. I would go to a school, get hired in July, uh, work all summer because in California you can practice every day during the summer, no pads, mm -hmm. and then I would long-term sub uh, till February, till the end of the semester. Then I would, you know, the job would be over, and I'd take my money and I'd climb on a plane and I'd fly to uh, Bali or, or somewhere in the South, South Pacific and surf 
my brains out for two or three months and um, come back either to the same school or to another school because uh, I was single um, and and was having a good time, you know, lived with my best buddy who was a, a, a big time surfer and kind of kind of you know chased the 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 waves and had a good time and uh had you know i i like that lifestyle i you know i don't like all the baggage that goes with that lifestyle but to being in the water and surfing um and clearing your brain and enjoying mother nature and doing those things and that was great and and then um then I then I then I got hired at, at uh, Santa Margarita Catholic High School, which is a Trinity League school to teach religion, which kind of made the my she wasn't my wife yet she was my girlfriend kind of fall off a chair and she says you're going to teach religion I go yeah I can do that no problem <laughs> um, and about the time uh, started teaching religion there we got a little more serious and like like any. Uh, good woman she kind of sat me down and said this is though is kind of you know a little this kind of funny story my daughter mariah who who i brag about her knowledge of football and and she's just amazing she came home last week no two weeks ago uh to see her boyfriend do a little bit of hunting before she went back to start the second semester at, at texas and we were out uh fixing the fishing poles getting ready to go enjoy some fishing and i go how's it going with derek she goes god dad i love him so much he's just he's he's just everything i want she goes but god dang it i don't need a friggin' project in my life and i just <laughs> i fell off i fell off the chair and she goes what's so funny i go go ask your mom after 30 years together if i'm still a project <laughs> um, every I, day and I, and I said i said honey i don't want to give you a hard time but every man in America that has a wife or a serious girlfriend is a project. I go, <laughs> I'm still a project. I go, the, the, the problem is you need to change the word from project to hobby, and then it'll be more enjoyable. And she kind of looked at me and I go, so Derek's your hobby. She goes, uh, uh, okay. So, um, so about that time, um, uh, the law was laid down that it was time to get a, a full, clear credential in California, <laughs> get a credential, uh, do what I need to do, and get a real job uh, that was, you know, going to be able to, uh, you know, have a relationship. And, and, and my wife loves football. I mean, she, she's, you know, the worst thing I did was teach her the game because now she second guesses me with everybody else. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so we, uh, you know, I was at Santa Margarita. Uh, I was there for one year. Then I withdrew and went back to school to get my credential. While I was getting my credential, I served as a freshman coach at Villa Park for a year. Um, and then ended up, when I got my credential teaching special ed in Downey Youth Fight at a school called Warren, um, I was there for two years, had a great experience there, had our first child, and my wife said, get us out of here. Because um, to, to live in Dana Point, um, you, you better be making three three fifty k a year or you're not going to afford a home. And so uh, I kind of 
I kind of started looking around and, uh, and, and while I enjoy the city, I'm really a, a rural country guy. I, I really, and I, that's hard to believe for people to believe knowing <laughs> that you grew up in Southern California. Yeah. But, you know, I remember riding my horse to the beach with my surfboard on the back, tying the horse up, surfing for a couple hours, riding back to the house and then going and picking uh, oranges with the guest workers and picking oranges. And, and you know, you got, I think you got, I think we got three bucks a crate and, and had a great time and, and really enjoyed that. So hmm. had our first child, Mariah, and my wife said, get us out of here. And I'm like, you got any idea where <laughs> and she goes, preferably, she goes, I don't do snow. so um saw a job on the southern coast of oregon had the word beach and i'm like wow i could still surf uh threw my hat in um and 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 took the job and you know that was 21 years ago um came up to oregon and and i've been here ever since uh because she says we're not going anywhere else. <laughs> well, well, I guess that's a, uh, a good reason to stay then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, um, and, I, and I, you know, there's a whole lot I miss. I mean, it, it is small rural football, um, and, and I miss the big time, you know, Trinity League, big high schools of Southern California. And I don't, I don't hide that from anybody. I miss that terribly. Bruce Rawlinson and I are good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Servite approached me a couple times over the last few years if I was interested in coming back. And while I love the football, I really do love the football. Uh, all my life, I didn't want to be labeled as a jock or a football coach. I wanted to be a well-rounded individual. And, and while I live and breathe and love football, I wanted a personal life. I wanted to own a home. I, I wanted to not have to lock my door. I, I wanted a personal life that matched what I wanted professionally. And, and I, and I, you know, no place is perfect. You guys know that. Um, yeah. um, and right now this place is driving me batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it, it's, it's home. The kids love me. Um, every time I come close to leaving, I, I start, you know, it's the one of the, the, the reporters that follows us um, said, you know, why'd you turn down the Marshfield job? And the Marshfield job is about two hours north. It's a big 4 eight job. You know, we're 156 kids and they're about 900 kids. And he goes, why'd you, why'd you turn it down? And, and, I, and I said, you know, two re- three reasons. You know, 21 years ago, I moved my wife from everything she ever knew to this little little place called Gold Beach. And I, and I loved her dearly for it. And we won two state titles. We played in five state titles. We won two of them. Thank God I'm not Marv Levy. I actually got two wins. Um, uh, and, I, and, you know, when Marshfield offered me the job, she says, if it will make you happy, I'll go. And then I was driving home one day, and I'm thinking – you know, after 21 years here and 30 years of marriage, shouldn't it be about what makes us happy, not me happy? 
And then the finally thing is, you know, they're purple and yellow. And the thought, I, I would look like Barney the dinosaur <laughs> on the sidelines. That's perfect. Wearing purple. <laughs> and so, um, you know, kind of, you know, hell, they played in the state finals that year that I turned them down. And the AD still kind of pissed off at me. But, you know, the first team I worked for is my family. You know, that, right. that's the team that I owe my first, you know, you can't talk about loyalty. You can't talk about team first. You can't hammer on kids about being loyal. If you don't show them examples of how you do that in your everyday life. And yes. I love team it. Swift, team Swift, uh, which does not use purple and gold as colors, um, <laughs> is, is my priority. Um, I have a wife. I have two daughters who I love. My wife does the dance of joy because the coaching tree is now officially broke. Um, there will be no more football coaches in the Swift household. Um, uh, so, you know, I ended up here and, and I love it. I, I miss, you know, Twitter's been really good for me. Uh, uh, it, it's my way of interacting with high quality coaches. Um, and being involved with them, helping them, they help me. Uh, you know, Bruce from Modern Day uh, lets me bring my kids down there, and they, and they get to work out with the Modern Day kids. He lets his assistant coaches come up and work our camp. I, I, I find a way to get enough of the big time to satisfy what little ego I'm allowed to have still. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and I and enjoy it here. Um, you know, don't mention ever on Twitter that there might be a place in a program someplace for ladders because you'll have all the O-line gurus out there blow blow you up. Um, <laughs> I, I did I did that I did that yesterday with uh, some buddies of mine down in Orange County. Pretty pretty adamant, you know, O-line gurus because right now. The cool thing to be is an old line guru. And, uh, That's exactly I, right. I, right? I, I, I said, well, you know, uh, while I respect and I certainly understand where you're coming from, we use ladders. And I, I, I was basically called the angel of Satan for using ladders. <laughs> um, and uh, I said, look, if you want me to tell you that there's no practical use for them, in teaching offensive line, I'm in total agreement. I go, but I'm not in Orange County. Athletes don't show up at my doorstep. I have to take kids and I have to make our athletes. And so, you know, my dad was a Hall of Fame track coach as well as being a, uh, a really good football coach. And when I was a freshman at Servite, I checked off a little 5-2-40, which isn't very good for a free safety. <laughs> and by the time I was a senior, he had me run on a 4-5. Now, let's not kid ourselves. Some of that was just maturity. You know, Servite was lifting like schools are lifting now back in the 70s. Hmm. You know, in the 70s, I had to be at Servite at 8 o'clock every day during the summer. And we did football from 8 to 10 30 11 o'clock went got got a couple hours of surfing at Huntington Beach and then we were back playing everybody's favorite game pass league at night um and that was in 74 
through 78. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, and so, you know, I, I'm I go, look, my dad made me faster using some of the tools he had. I, I respect that you think it's a waste of plastic. And I got no, pro this idea in the football world that somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong really hurts the profession. And yes. Is, yeah. Here's my, here's my little two cents on it. I, I teach social studies, which is probably not a good thing for a football coach. And uh, <laughs> the, the opening chapter of my government book says that America's greatest strength has always been America's diversity. Mm -hmm. We're not a melting pot. We're a mosaic. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I really do believe and, and adhere to that. Um, you know, I spent six months in the Soviet Union as a college student where it's kind of funny. We fought a Cold War for 50 years saying that communism and one way for everybody was the wrong way. We won the Cold War. And now USA football is telling, well, there's one way to tackle. There's one way to block. And, if you don't, and, 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 and my question is, when the hell did Indiana become the mecca of football? It's a basketball state. You know, um, Co coach, you're bringing up some things that that really, really speak close to my heart too. And, and honestly, well, I mean, it's for us. It's huge because hey, it's the it's the mission of of run the power. I mean, we we want to just put as many theories and educational things out there, and then let people decide. Because, like you said, well, there's there's programs all over the world winning state titles, all doing something different. They end all doing the same thing. Well, my wife said, hey, nobody's going to hire you, so say what you want. Um, <laughs> and I was like, far out. I can do that. Um, so, anyways, so, um, you know, we're battling about the use of ladder. And I said, look, I just want to work for Kit Nation. I want to use quickness. Uh, you know, I want to do it. He goes, well, you can just do that way, Peyton, on the lines. I go, well, you're the one assuming I bought the ladders because I indeed go down and just paint the lines or use tape in the gym. I'm not – gonna bite plastic i mean holy cow um but um and then finally i said look you know i appreciate your passion um and i'm not saying that you're wrong but uh you know it works for me and and i'm gonna do whatever i can find and use whatever i can use to help my kids first develop as marvelous athletes and good kids and then have a chance to be successful. If that means I gotta go rent an elephant from a zoo so we can wrestle it on the 50 yard line, hell, I'm gonna do it. Um, you know, th this idea that there's only one way to, to, you know, to block, there's only one way to tackle, that's so un-American to me. Um, you know, we're a country of diversity. You know, you look around the country and, and I love it, I mean, you know, I like seeing guys do it. And, and he, he got apologetic. I go, look. He goes, well, can I still come fishing with you? I go, hell yes, you can come fishing with me. <laughs> he goes, am I going to need a ladder to get back in the boat? I said, no, we'll use a gaff. Um, but uh, I, I told him, I go, look, I have the greatest respect for the people who challenge my beliefs. If you can challenge my beliefs and stay respectful, then we're gonna have a great relationship. But because I believe something, if you call me a clown, 
I will go to the ends of the earth to prove you wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I got yeah, 21 sure. years ago, 21 years ago, and this program was a disaster. You know, they, they kept saying, well, we tied for the state title in 1978, you know, and, and I kept hearing about the dirty dozen. And I, I'm like, crap, they can't teach math here for crap because there's 36 guys <laughs> on the dirty dozen. And a dozen's 12. And I go, <laughs> and you're tied, which means you're both losers. <laughs> um, and, you know, they said, and the AD pulled me aside and says, you're, you're never going to win a state title here. Just win some league titles and everyone will be happy. And I looked at him, I go, I did not move my family 900 miles from everything they know to win a couple league titles. I, I want to win state titles. And, and fortunately, and you guys are, are articulate, smart guys, high school football is all about timing, being in the right place at the mm -hmm. right time. And I got here when we were terrible. But within three years, I had about 10 to 12 years of great kids who had great work ethics, who I could develop into the type of athletes that I want. And, you know, in that, in that, uh, seven, that 15 year span, we won, you know, 11 league titles, played in the state title five times, won it twice. Um, and, and that's another reason I left. The reporter says state high school champions aren't supposed to leave the town. They won high school championships in. And, and, and that, that I, I love my kids and, and the kids, that played for me are my sons. You know, God blessed me with two healthy daughters and blesses me with 30 to 40 sons every, every year. And, and I take that seriously. And I love those kids and I love them to this day. I said, look, if you played for me, I know how bad it was. I know how miserable it was, <laughs> but you're my son for life. And they hold me to that. I mean, and I want to, you know, uh, you know, Brian Finneran, who played for me at Santa Margarita, played for the Falcons. He's a big celebrity uh, in Atlanta now. Found out that I put uh, the highlights from his year at Santa Margarita on, on the football tool chest. It's like, I got to have that. And I'm like, well, just ask. Um, <laughs> and uh, I got it. And, and uh, so, I mean – yeah, God, don't don't mention ladders or shoots or anything that Bob Lattisera De La Salle uses because it's just <laughs> not cool anymore. I mean, my gosh. Um, it is it's so funny you bring that up. Me and me and Coach Walls were just talking about something very, very similar yesterday. Um, via, you know, through text or through Twitter DM, what however we were communicating and and we had just kind of had the same conversation. And and we had both kind of said that um you know, even if it, even if maybe it's technically not the exact perfect way to do it, if you've got the kids bought in, then it's way better than, than anything else you could be doing. I mean, well, if the kids truly really believe it and you believe it, then, then you're going to get a ton out of it. it, it yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's what the kids believe in and they think it, it's, it's that magic wand. I, I don't care. You know, our kids are convinced that we're good because we show up at 6.45 every morning and do zero period. And when we started doing that in the state, nobody did it. Right. And now more and more schools are doing it. I said, well, you can't hang your hat on that anymore. You're not different. We got to 
you know, and they're like, well, let's come at 530. I'm like, hell no. We're not coming at <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, and I'm not, and, and I, and, and, and the coach that I was having a, a, a pretty heated discussion with is right. You know, ladders aren't for everybody and, and they, and there's no practical football application of ladders, but before I can teach them football, I'm going to make them athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm two, I'm two hours from anything called a city. The kids that play football here are born and raised in this community. And we're not, no, no one transfers to Gold Beach to play football. <laughs> you know, uh, they may transfer to Gold Beach because of the elk hunting or the fishing, but, but no, one's, no one's moving from Medford over to the coast so they can play football at Gold Beach for Coach Swift. You know, so while he was right, he doesn't understand. While I I totally understand the setting that he's in down there in Orange County, he has no idea of the setting that I'm in up here and what these kids are like and how raw they are and things like that. So, you know, it has nothing to do with football. It has to do with making better athletes. You know, there's no there's no practical uh, application to climbing ropes uh, for football. There's no practical application for c- climbing ropes necessarily for the U.S. Marine Corps, but they do it. And if the Marine Corps does it, does it, I can certainly find a place to do it. Um, I, before I can teach them football, I'm going to make them the athletes I need. And as an educator, it's more important for me to teach them how to be an athlete for lifelong health, for lifelong uh, happiness, and then teach them how to be football because they got four, maybe six or eight years to be a football player. But after that, you know, they got to have a healthy lifestyle. They got to be healthy. They, they, you know, this is the first generation in the history of this country that's taking life expectancy the other way. You know, that's alarming to me. Um, and, and so I would, while I love football, to me, I have a bigger mission. And to me, football is a tool to teach that bigger mission. Obviously, I'm going to have to find ways to do it without a ladder. Um, but <laughs> it, it was, it, you know what? And I, and, and I, I, I like, you know, it, it, in case you follow me on Twitter, I know I, I like to stir the pot occasionally. Like I pointed out to all my buddies in Texas that Herman's a Californian, the starting tailbacks a Californian, that Texas would not have been as successful without their big rival in California. And man, they came unglued on me. I mean, like, <laughs> you know. yeah, you can't stir the pot in Texas. You'll get a lot of, well, you can, but you'll get a lot of backlash. Well, trust me. I mean, and I get it. And, it, and it's great football. I mean, it, it's absolutely fantastic football, but they have resources that no one else in the country has. I mean, I, I got to teach six periods a day. I had, to, I had to literally create the weight room that we have when I got here. Because when I got here 21 years ago, they had a bench. That was it. You know, you know when I told my dad what I was doing, he just started laughing. I go, what's so funny? He goes, you're going to learn how to be a coach. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, he says, call me when you get up here. So we took three days to get up here. And I'm, I get here. and 
where, where's my staff? What do you mean staff? Well, who are the assistant coaches? Well, you, you, you got to choose. I'm like, well, who do I get to choose from? And I, and there was some really good, I mean, none of them were football coaches or really good guys, but you know, I had to teach them the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, today at Gold Beach High School, I've done 12 loads of laundry. Um, I've moved the mats. I've disinfected the, the, uh, the mat room. I mean, the weight room. I stocked the, uh, the training. You know, I, I got up here. You know, one of my big things, I'm going to be a head coach, and I'm never going to tape an ankle again. And then I come up here, and I go, no trainer, right? They go, no trainer. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not. <laughs> you know, so the first thing I did was find – a couple of co-eds that said, you interested in being student trainers? And I said, yeah. And I sent them back. I don't know if Kramer still does it, but Kramer used to host student trainer clinics all over the country. And I, I sent them to that and they learned and then they worked with the certified trainers that work our football camp and, and they're fabulous student trainers. I mean, they're not allowed to diagnose anything serious. They leave that to me. <laughs> and I'm I'm about fifty fifty, um, uh, but uh, but it, yeah, I mean, because you know, in Southern California, I was I coached the secondary and I was a defensive coordinator, hired linebacker coaches, hired offensive line coaches. Y- you get up here, you know, you have a job opening in Southern California. You have three hundred applicants, two hundred and fifty of them, which are really good applicants. Uh, you post a job in Gold Beach, you're not going to get anyone to apply, you know. And, sure. Um, so, you know, the first four years, every time I went to a clinic, I hung out with the offensive lineman. I needed to learn how to coach offensive line. Yeah, I knew a lot about quarterback because, you know, like every coach's kid, my dad tried to make me a quarterback growing up. And I was like, what are you doing this for? Uh, uh and I got the survey, and they go, what position? And I go, anything but quarterback. And they go, sold. Go to the defense. <laughs> um, uh, and then, uh, so, you know, I, I am a much better coach having my experience in rural Oregon than I ever was in Southern California because I can coach every position, mm-hmm. uh, the fundamentals, um, the techniques, um, you know, I can do that. And, and then, so then I brought guys on that are really good guys. And my first job was to teach them how to be good coaches, good, good mentors. And, um, and I over, you know, five, six years, I put a really good staff together and I'll, and I use guest coaches. I mean, the offensive line coach for modern day came up for 17 years and helped me coach my offensive line. And hmm. you know, who, who the hell wouldn't want the modern day line coach? That's here? right. Exactly. Um, you know, Dave Money came up here to work with my quarterbacks, and he says, "What the hell am I coming up here for?" I go, "I need you to work with my quarterbacks." He goes, "You run the friggin' option." <laughs> I go, "I go." And statistically, we count the pitch as a pass. Make sure it's a good pitch. <laughs> um, uh, but um, just you know, there's there's nothing. It's kind of like that show, you know, where you. The boss goes in and has to learn what his workers go through. I mean, it's been good for me. I, I'm a much better coach. And while Texas can be very, very proud, and they play great ball in Texas, I was having a conversation with a guy on Twitter last night. He goes, they're only going to hire Texans because 
He goes, I got 17 years of experience in Oklahoma, but the comment is, well, you haven't done it in Texas. And, and my comment is, well, dude, let's see you do what you do in Oregon. You know, I got, a, I got on both ends of my town, I got friggin' marijuana dispensaries. <laughs> I got the best salmon runs in the continent of the United States. Every kid on my team is an avid bow hunter. And yet somehow I can keep them focused on football and win games with little or no resources. Oh, and by the way, I got to be in the class. And I'm not taking anything away from Texas. It's great, great football. But I'm, I'm not going to condemn other parts of the state, country because of the style of football they play. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't, I'm going down there in a week to visit my daughter. I'm going to a clinic. They're either going to love me or they're going to cut my throat. So we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out here in a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Coach Fisher, who runs Texas Chat, I, I, I love. Mm -hmm. I love those guys. I, I just – I was raised at a really, really young age that you better give glory to God and you better be humble because the minute you're not humble, God has a way of cutting you off at the knees. You're dang right about that. And, uh, you know, I, I had, a, I had a, a parent come – I went to a Super Bowl party, which is always a mistake because <laughs> you can never watch the game. I told my wife, I go, we're never going to a super party, Super Bowl party again. She goes, why? I go, because everybody's drinking, everybody's talking, and I want to watch the game. You know, um, but they're like, well, you know, our kids are so lucky. You've, you've won some state titles. And I said, stop right there. I go, Coach Swift has never won a state title. I go, the kids on the field win the state title. I go, I have a plan, but they choose to follow it. They choose to buy in. They choose to do it. I go, I go, my last state title, I was, I was 50, 54 years old. I go, Tony, I am a tack. Who's going to, what 54 year old is going to go out there and tackle anybody and, and not have body parts falling off of them. <laughs> um, so it, I, I've been blessed. I have some great kids who I love with all my heart who were great foot, small high school football players that, that won us some titles, and and while I get recognized and, and I'm honored, the, the credit really goes to kids. I mean, coach coaches get way too much credit when teams win, yep. and way too much blame when teams lose. It, it's a game played by kids, you know. Coach, I, I was just going through your Twitter feed, and I noticed that Clemson uses the speed ladders. Oh wait, I got done. Oh, and then here. <laughs> Funny story. Funny, funny. You should bring up Clemson. Okay. Um, so the, 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 I'm Catholic and my wife is Lutheran. So we go to the Lutheran church because it's Catholic light. Um, but the, uh, the, the pastor asked me to uh, do a sermon knowing that I, I taught religion for a while. Um, uh, and so I, I said, fine, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the service. And uh, it was about um, uh, loving your neighbor and seeing people for what they're worth. And, and, I, and I, coded, I coached, uh, uh, quoted Dabo in my sermon. I said, you know, I'm not a huge Clemson fan, um, but I go, I'm a huge uh, Dabo Sweeney fan in the fact that he said the scripture says 
to love your neighbor. He doesn't say, the scripture doesn't say, love your heterosexual neighbor. Doesn't say, love your black neighbor. Doesn't say, you know, love the Republican neighbor. It says, love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, and while I'm not a huge Clemson fan, uh, Coach Sweeney is one of the finest uh, people. We need more people like him in the profession. Uh, we, we just want, I mean, how, how can you not just be ecstatically happy for him, happy for his programs, happy for his kids? Because he's a humble man. He's a very, very humble man. Um, so, yeah, and, and – Boy, I'm not going to put that on Twitter. God, I barely have any butt left after yesterday's butt chewing. <laughs> um, just, but, uh, just be careful when you do go down to Texas not to badmouth Whataburger because they'll get after you even worse than, uh, than any football-related tweet there is. In and out. It's in and out is the best burger. Period. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it's, hey, it, there's a long line of people that don't like me. It forms behind my wife. <laughs> she's first in line I, i'm sure you know i'm sure whataburger is good i mean you know it's like look i can't wait to go down there they're great coaches i have great friendships they're gonna poke fun at me i'm gonna poke fun at them exactly yeah i tell yep. people hey if i'm joking and having fun with you then i like you <laughs> yes if I'm, if I'm ignoring you then you better worry boy. so but <laughs> But here's a funny story about Texas. So about a month ago, I called down there to uh, register for the clinic. And I, you know, Gold Beach, Oregon. And he goes, well, wait a minute. I go, yeah, <laughs> Gold Beach, Oregon. I go, he goes, what are you coming down here for? I go, well, it's a chance to see my daughter at UT. It's my wife's birthday. And I'm going to go to a clinic at the same time, you know, because I just can't hang out with two women and talk about stuff that long. I, I need to go. Um, and so the guy says, well, there's a kid here that went to Bonanza and played at U of O, and he wants to know if you're the same coach that's been at Gold. And I'm like, I know exactly the kid you're talking about. Tell him I said hello, and, yeah, I'm the same coach. So there's a kid coaching in Texas that played small high school football in Oregon Went to the University of Oregon, played for Chip, and is now coaching football in Texas. So, you know, that's a, that's that's a, that shows you how small the football world wow. can be. Yeah. Um, but no, it. I, I you know, I'm excited. You know, I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm five years away from being able to slide into Medicare, and and that's probably when I'll that's probably when I'll think about retiring. I she goes. You're never going to retire. You're going to be just like your dad. You're going to coach and teach for 52 years. And I'm like, it, it worked for him. <laughs> That's uh, right. But uh, I said, you know, maybe, you know, when I retire, I'll just get a trailer and, and you can stay here and I'll go live Spartan. And, 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 anyone who's, and anyone who's been a head coach cannot wait for the day when he can just be a position coach or coordinator again. Um, so I said, maybe I'll get an RV and I'll, I'll go down to Texas or go down to California and, and, and do some teaching and, and do some coaching and just, you know, get a little bit more retirement. And she looked at me cross-eyed and I said, I go, Hey, remember I snore. She goes, let's, let's go find a trailer. Uh, 
but uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's kind of funny. My dad's 86 and a high school in Southern California just called him up the other day and offered him a head football job and AD <laughs> job. And I'm like, did you tell him how old you were? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah. He says, I'm not doing it, Kevin. And I'm like, thanks dad. He goes, do you want the job? I'm like, hell no, I don't want that job. <laughs> uh, so no, I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I haven't spent much time in Texas. It's good football. I can't wait to see those guys. I'm sure they're going to tell me, you know, that that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and 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 they are. And I want them to feel that way because I think Gold Beach is the best thing in the world since sliced bread, and that's the way it should be. So that's exactly right. Well, Coach, before we get off here, when was the last time you went surfing? Probably three years ago. Three years ago. So, so even with the, the new reconstructed knee, you can go surf and no big deals. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. I might, yeah. What keeps me out of the water now is it's about 48 degrees. <laughs> um, and while I have a really good wetsuit, I'm not a big fan of, of wetsuits and, <laughs> and that. Uh, no. You know, and, and then, you know, everybody, well, you're going to go out there and there's sharks. And I'm like, well, you walk around the woods and there's cougars and there's bears and there's mushroom gangs and there's marijuana growers. And I go, I'm safer in the water. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I prefer to surf in the warm water. I mean, I go out here. It's been three years. I spend most of my time uh, uh, fishing. I mean, it, I mean, I, I was in Southern California over uh, – Thanksgiving and uh, Pacific salmon is going for 20 bucks a pound. Jeez. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I catch salmon, I catch steelhead. I love being out in the woods and we have a good time talking. There's, there's coaches that come through all during the summer and, you know, we throw, we get on a boat with a whiteboard and fish and talk football and wow, it's, it's, it's good times, but, uh, yeah, uh, I enjoy it. Let me ask you guys some questions. <laughs> shoot. Yeah, shoot. shoot. Why, 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 and I love what you're doing. I think it's great. I mean, after doing this and all your episodes, what do you think is going on in football? I mean, I keep hearing, oh, we're losing participation numbers. We're losing participation numbers. We're losing participation numbers. And – and while I agree with that, I don't think any of it has to do with safety. I think we're losing participation numbers because rural America is going away. And when, and when my kids are forced to move to the city with their parents, because that's where the parents can find a job, and they, get dropped, they come from a school of 157, and all of a sudden they're at a school of you know, 1,500, they don't go out for sports. They're overwhelmed. They're just trying to survive. Hmm. Um, and in the rising cost of participation fees, I think parents use safety as a way to save face for why the kid's really not playing. You know, participation fees are going up. Uh, rural America, which has been the backbone of football in this country for 100 years, is being driven out of existence. You know, there's a, I, I just – I kind of – I want to kind of – I'm a historian. I want to protect the game I love. I know how important it is to the culture. 
And while I listen to a lot of your podcasts, in fact, the kids in my classroom are tired of hearing your podcast. <laughs> um, but I mean, what are you guys? What do you? How's the game doing? There's a there's a question. How's how's the high school game doing in America? I I think that I'm a little bit biased because where I am in Oklahoma, it's it's to me just like it was as I was growing up. It's just as important. Uh, the kids make just as big of a deal about it. Uh, the 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 we've got stadiums and and indoors and weight room and and it's a big deal and and it's very inclusive and like at our high school uh, we've budgeted out enough money that we get to feed the kids you know a meal sometimes two meals a day even in the off season uh, which is great for some of the kids for all kids but especially the kids that don't have the money um, right. and and we've got a place that again, we're very blessed obviously to have an indoor, but it even more than we can practice in the cold weather or the rain, we've got kids that don't necessarily want to go home for a variety of reasons. They can stay up at the indoor for two extra hours a day after workouts and play catch with their buddies. Or on Saturday when other people are, are, um, are doing things they probably shouldn't be doing, they can go out there up on a Saturday and hang out for five hours. So right. I, I don't see the same, um, the, the same fall as, as I've been hearing from everybody. The one thing that I think is, is the most troubling just because I don't like to hear it is, is some of the bashing of football and how unsafe it is. And, but I think the people that say that are, are the same people that 50 years ago probably weren't letting their kids play football anyways. Uh, now they just probably have a voice for it. Um, but as, as, uh, as the world gets safer, um, the less uh, tough people I think probably that there are. Uh, cupcakes? Is always you got, kind too of, many, got too many cupcakes in the world? It's always my opinion. And, and, but I do say this, that, that now is the luckiest time to be alive because if you're just a little bit tough, um, then you're one of the toughest people around because – uh, my grandma was growing up, uh, you know, they didn't have running water at her house. She had to go out to the stream. Uh, they'd use a bathroom and in a tin can or in a, in a bucket and, uh, use water out on the farm, uh, in their spring and, uh, no electricity. And, and, you know, her dad was in world war two and they had whatever government cheese or, or, you know what I mean? Right. And, right. and so, to, to be just to live, just to go through a few days, you had to be a fairly tough person. So if you were really tough, then you, it, it meant something right now. Uh, if you're just a little bit tough, um, compared to them, you're not very tough, but compared to right now, uh, you can be one of the toughest people around. So, um, well, I, I, I would also be remiss if I didn't congratulate you on your state title. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, thank you. It, it was, it was fun, but, um, in, and like you said, it's, it's a real great group of kids, and we kind of got over the hump that we'd never been over. But um, I don't know. That, that's kind of the way that I see it. I don't know. Walls might have a little bit different perspective being up north, but um, up north a little ways. But down here anyways in Oklahoma, at least the, the part I'm at, um, I think participation's still up, and our community is still loves football, loves athletics, and, and uh, football especially. Cool. Coach Walls, what are you seeing? Um, you know, numbers are down. Um, I think it's it's kind of twofold. I think you hit on it with the the money aspect. Um, 
things have become so commercialized, especially at younger ages. And, and I'd read a couple articles and saw some research and I thought it, it made a lot of sense that the, the participation levels have been down at the, the lower levels and the younger kids because there's people that can't afford it. So kids who, who kind of get tossed by the wayside or it's the, the kids who are really, really good at that age and they get pulled into the select teams and they get pulled into the all-star teams. You know, those are the kids that get moved forward and these other kids are kind of like, well, I'm not that good. I'll just go find something else. Well, see, and I think, I think and, and God, God bless them all, but I think ESPN and Fox – are flat out killing high school athletics because if I can't play at modern day or mm-hmm. I can't play at De La Salle or I can't play at Jenks, mm-hmm. why, why the hell even play? I, I, I'm not sure television and the exposure of the game that we all thought was going to be good is paying dividends. Does that make sense? I, I completely agree. I think, I think, you know, that you focus on that, you focus on, you know, the outcomes, the results, the prestige, the, you know, play on TV, the get the scholarship, all, all of that stuff plays into it rather than, hey, this is going to make you a better man. Hey, this is going right. to teach you some of the things that you're going to need to be a great husband, a great father. You know, the, the focus has gone away from that. Right. So that, that's been the scary thing. And then I think you're, you're saying it too, you know, there's so many other things for kids to do that, that they just go find something else to do. And, and let's face it, football's hard. You know, I mean, the lifting's hard. The, the, the hitting, the physicality, the, the time commitment, all those things are really, really hard. Well, when you have 10% of the people telling you, yes, you need to do that, it's great. But 90% of the people are telling you, you shouldn't be doing all that. It's too hard. You can go play basketball. You can go do this. You can, you can stay home. Kids just start to hear that when in our day it was, you're going to go play football. You're a boy. You're a man. You need to, get, you need to pick yourself up and you're going to go do it. I don't know if there's enough people pushing people in that direction and they're finding the excuses out there for them to not do it, be it time, be it yeah. life, whatever it might be. Well, and I, and I know our time's wrapped up, but, but, you know, I came out of retirement this year. I've been retired for four years and I came out and, and, and I came out and, you know, we were, God, we were terrible. Holy cow. A season of watching really bad football. <laughs> Oh my God, we were bad. Great kids. I love them dearly. We're going to get better, but uh, it's amazing how fast a culture can go away overnight. But so we go over to Medford and and Medford's the big city over in the Valley. And we're playing a school. We play over there and it's before the game. And uh, the official comes up to me and he goes, how you doing, Kevin? I'm like, how you doing, sir? He goes, you don't remember me. I'm like, I try not to remember officials. It's not one of my top priorities he goes well you know he says I officiate a lot of your games and he says I got a question I want to ask you and I'm like oh no what's coming and uh, he goes why are you doing it he goes you built he goes you built one of the, the the premier small high school football programs ever in the state of Oregon he says you're he says no one's done what you do why are you doing it? And now you're miserably terrible. And I looked him in the eye and I said, cause I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. I, 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 while I, while I like to win and I like to win a lot and I don't like losing, that's ultimately, that's not why I coach. Um, I coach to help young men learn the aspects of our culture 
that can't be taught in a classroom, that mm -hmm. can only be taught on athletic fields and battlefields. Um, and I said, that's who I am. And I go, and if I don't coach, there's no high school, there's no football at Gold Beach High School because the kids won't play for anybody else that me, but me. And I go, so I have an obligation to be true to who I, I go, I'm a coach. And I go, and let me, let me clue you in. The Lattisairs, the Rawlinsons, the Trimbles, those guys were anomalies. That's yes. not your typical high school coach. Your typical high school coach is going to be 50 to 100 games above 500 or 50 to 100 games below 500 because they put in their time. I go, there are so many coaches out there who are such better coaches than me who will never have a chance to play in a state title game but are making just as big, if not bigger, differences in their community. And I, I somehow – we need to get that message back out to these young, you know, and I love Twitter, but everybody is a guru. Everybody knows more than everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I get, I mean, whole, I mean, they must laugh at me because the only thing I put up there is inside there. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we're gonna, and, and I can't keep up with the jargon. I mean, you know, it's, we're, you know, it's like, it's like you call it what you want, but that's the wide tackle six from the fifties guys. You know, um, everybody's trying to, to everybody's trying to make them the game instead of celebrating the game and the diversity of the game. And man, I, I, I want to thank both of you for doing that. Um, you guys, you guys are wonderful. We've never met. My wife says, how can you be friends with people on Twitter? And I'm like, <laughs> it's safe. I mean, you know, what do you, why can't I be? Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for the game. I appreciate what you're doing for, for small rural schools. And, and, and I love Texas. I can't wait to go down there. I may come back in a box, but you know, <laughs> so, so be it. Um, they're good coaches. I, I just – I think what you guys are doing is special. I think what guys in Oregon are doing, I think what guys in Alaska are doing, mm -hmm. you know, we're making difference in kids' lives. And ultimately that's the calling that, that we all have. And, and I appreciate being a guest, but more importantly, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Coach, and thanks for your time. And, and that's really the way we wanted to, to set this whole thing up was um, we want to learn as much as we possibly can because we're both kind of football nerds. Uh, and so we just love football. And both of us, you know, dads were coaches and, and it's all we ever knew growing up. And, and uh, so we do try to learn everything we can. But um, with that being said, we've got a way we do things, but uh, we never, ever, ever want to want to go come from a a guru position by any means. We just want to talk football, hear what other people do. Um, and, and like you said, so many people do so many different things that uh, we love hearing it and, and never think our way is right necessarily, just the way that we do it and uh, the best way we know how to do it. So um, yeah, my, kids, my kids go, well, who can we watch that runs our offense? I go, do you have ESPN Classics? <laughs> I go, I, and, and we watch we watch Bob Lattice, there's a good friend of mine at De La Salle. Mm -hmm. we, we, we do our best 
It's like my mom, which when she was still alive, came up and she goes, could you make them look any more Catholic school-like? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I, she goes, the same colors as your high school? I go, she goes, same, same regiment, same routines, same, you know, same. And she goes, are you trying to make it a Catholic school? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so. Well, coach, anyway. before we get off, I got to, I got to ask you the last question. We, we got another podcast at seven 30, but, um, I, I got to ask you our last question that I guess it would be what, uh, five 30 your time. But, uh, anyways, uh, last question I always like to ask is when you're watching someone else's offensive line, what's some things that they'd be doing that make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Get off. Every, everything to me is about get off. Those first two steps. Are, are you reestablishing a new line of scrimmage? Are, are you, you know, uh, and, and, you know, uh, those first two steps are everything to me. You know, you, you know I, I tell my kids, the first step doesn't win. Whoever can get the second step down wins. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, you know, uh, I, I love watching De La Salle because, God, their get-offs are just amazing. Um, <laughs> and I think that solves I, – I tell her fullback. I go, look, um, the line is going to get you a yard and a half. Your toughness is going to get you another yard. And, by God, you better fall forward. And then we got then we got our three and a half four yards and we're moving the chain, and and my, you know my dad you know we what we played a, in 2007, uh, we played in the state championship and 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 we won 42 nothing. And my dad says no one's ever gonna hire you. I'm like what do you mean? He goes you ran two plays the whole game, <laughs> and I'm like yeah, but you raised me that if they don't stop it, that's right, keep running it. He goes, and I, and, I, and I go, and if they stop it, then you run it the other way. <laughs> he goes, you ran inside beer 35 times. And I go, I scored 42 points. <laughs> and he's like, okay. You know, but, but see, that's the other two. I'm not an offensive. I'm not an offensive guy. You know, we won two state titles. And both of them were shutouts. That's what I'm proud of. You know, I have this reputation in Oregon on Twitter as being this offensive guru, and I hate offense. I, I hate it. Um, but at a school my size, my best defense is the other team not having the ball. That's right. Because it's tough at small schools to practice Team D and stuff like that. So, hey, I, I know you're busy. You know, God bless you guys. Thank you very much. Anyone listening from Texas, I love you. Don't hurt <laughs> me when I get there. Um, and, and keep up the good work, coaches. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. 
Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.